to go blue crew so this is the week that we wait for every year and usually frankly we're disappointed by the time it's over of course i gave it away we're talking about michigan ohio state i gave it away by saying that we're usually sad that was the joke but uh we're gonna try to lighten it up a little bit here Last week, we talked about what it means if Michigan loses. So this week, what does it mean if Michigan wins? And we can go into you know what that will take and what that will look like. But I think looking big picture at what it does to Michigan's program, to Jim Harbaugh as a coach, the way people perceive him and talk about him, um, it's, it's really interesting to think about what Mich- what, a, what a Michigan win over its biggest rival would mean. So in the most general sense, Derek, what does that look like if Michigan wins? I mean, it would be a lot. And I feel like it can take away, not completely, but in a way, take away some of the maybe pain or frustration from really the last decade or more of Ohio State dominance. Uh, Michigan fans are known by other fan bases mostly to, to be a fan base that lives in the past. And anytime that you can Uh, do something in the present obviously helps. So I think the biggest thing is just it finally means that that relief, that that Saturday feeling of, wow, like Michigan beat the Buckeyes. And and this year, I think it uh, with what's on the line, not only for Michigan, but the implications this game has in general, I think it means much more than that because of the potential that a win uh, really allows Michigan to to have as the season uh, goes on. Uh, and then that next weekend, uh, playing in Indianapolis, uh, which I know you'd be a big fan of. So, I mean, it's just it's an opportunity that seems unlike uh, any of the opportunities uh, in recent history, uh, even more so than than 2016, uh, because they had an early season loss this year uh, against a team that's number three, uh, and 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 that year they had come off of kind of a meltdown. So. I mean, this is the year where absolutely everything is on the line. Uh, everything that we've been looking for as fans, everything that Harbaugh and his his company have been uh, trying to pursue, and, and everything obviously the players want. If even if it's a true freshman or, or Chase Winovich who who returns, uh, there's there's more on the line than than really ever before, uh, at least in recent history. So speaking of Chase Winovich, we need to take a a little bit of a tangent here. I was going to do it at at some point, but it's going to happen now, apparently, because you brought him up. Uh, There was a a quote-unquote report, we can call it, on Twitter after Michigan beat Indiana that Chase Winovich was, was done with a broken collarbone. This was according to a, a fan blogger, I think we'll call him, without naming names. And, uh, you know, this was, this was doom and gloom according to sources. And it turns out, you know, that was, that was wrong. Jim Harbaugh came on a, just a, a few minutes later and, and said that x-rays were negative, both at the stadium and at the hospital. And though it's not guaranteed that it's, he's going to play, it's very much a possibility. And I think most people are expecting him to play. Some of his teammates have, have gone to say that much that they expect him to be out on the field against Ohio state, but man, it just got me thinking like, why, why do we rush into these things ready to believe just anyone who, who can even be perceived as an authority 
on this stuff. And it just really, really bugged me. And so I, I hope that as, as fans, as consumers of, of any kind of uh, digital media, as we're, as we're scrolling through Twitter and Facebook, we're just a little more diligent about the things we take as, as hard fact. So that's all I really have to say about that. It was something that, uh, that uh, really irked me on Saturday night. Yeah, I saw that as well. And uh, the, that user, uh, that Twitter user, you could say, came out and kind of admitted, a, kind of said an apology. To his credit, yes. Yeah, and, and so uh, much love to, to anyone who can come back and, uh, and not be uh, – Yoder. I'll just go ahead and say it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so speaking of Chase Winovich, obviously oh. you, you hope for – my main reason for hoping that he's available is for him. Uh, someone who's really given everything he's had to this program, making the decision to come back when he could have been very successful uh, in the NFL, in my opinion, still has that chance. Uh, and so hopefully for him, he's on the field. Hopefully for Michigan, he's on the field. And honestly, I think, and, and you can disagree if you want, I have a lot of favorite players, I guess you could say. I really love uh, the roster as a whole this year, maybe more than most years. But to see Chase Winovich go out and be Chase Winovich on the road at Ohio State is something that I've really been longing to see all season. Ever since seeing him really at Michigan State, uh, that win at home before that against Wisconsin, against Penn State, his energy on the field literally takes things to the next level. And so for his sake, for, for everyone's sake, I hope that we see him uh, on the field, uh, even if he's got to be pretty limited. Because uh, whether or not that game might feel like the biggest of his career at that point, if Michigan finds a way to win, which they can do, they proved to win without Sean Gary earlier in the season, uh, Chase Winovich is even more important uh, the weekend after that if they can make it to the Big Ten Championship, uh, vastly more important for for the college football playoff, if that seems to be where Michigan's headed with a win this weekend. So just hopeful that he uh, sees the field, of course. Now, if there's a position group that can absorb an injury, it's, of course, the defensive line, as they proved with Rashawn Gary out for a few games. So we can go back to the big picture here. I I think, you know, kind of piggybacking off of what you said, I, I think the reason – the reason this game becomes um, so much bigger, so with, with so many more, the implications become bigger for Michigan. Each year they, they don't win because it, it accumulates and it, it turns from four years to five years to six. And I'm thinking at what point does, does this rivalry like actually fall off nationally? And now I know we talk about it from time to time, especially like years like uh, 2017 when when Michigan just isn't that good, and it comes up and and I don't really take it seriously. I think a, you know many people don't take it too seriously, but if Michigan continues to lose, like what does that do to to the national perception of this rivalry? That's why I think you know just outside of like being a Michigan fan and wanting that to happen, of course, for for the perception of the rivalry, it would be great if Michigan could just finally get one, especially on the road, and then use that to go into the the Big Ten uh, championship, possibly you know into the college football playoff if they were able if they were able to beat Northwestern. So, looking at the the national scale of this rivalry, 
is is becoming more and more important each year because Michigan either has a bad team or they come up just short like they did in 2016. Like these things can only happen for so long until the rivalry actually does just start to to dim on the national scale. Yeah, right with you. And one of the things that I was looking at this week and and today more specifically is is the idea of kind of going along with that. If Michigan wins, that's great for fans. That's great for the program. It means a lot of positive things. It's also really good for the Big Ten uh, as the league's top-ranked team. Uh, and, and assuming Michigan wins this weekend, then wins the, the Big Ten championship, pretty much solidifies a spot, in my opinion, in the college football playoff. And so for the Big Ten, that's really kind of best-case scenario as well. But in terms of the national perspective, I think that a lot of people will tune in. I think I mentioned in the last show, I think this will be one of the highest rated, if not the highest rated uh, game uh, of the week, even though it's a noon game and those West Coasters got to gotta wake up extra early just to, to see part of the game. But I, I do think that this year, uh, if Michigan wins, I think it kind of somehow saves Jim Harbaugh's era. You can't take away the, the ton of losses in the last 10, 12, 15, 16 years. Uh, but what you can do is you can say, hey, Harbaugh finally had the team that could beat Ohio State. Uh, you see kind of both programs, Michigan, Ohio State, trending in opposite ways, it almost seems. And I've also mentioned that this seems like the year that, that Michigan's as close uh, as it's ever been in terms of, I mean, they're the favorite on paper. Uh, it, it seems like this is the best shot Michigan's had in Jim Harbaugh's years. So a Michigan win, I think, kind of starts to change that conversation, even though, yes, Urban Meyer still uh, has dominated this rivalry against Jim Harbaugh. I think that you can kind of maybe possibly not forget that, but push that aside. If Michigan loses, it's definitely a wow. Like if it didn't happen this year, when is it ever going to happen? And there's some question marks around Ohio State and the program and, and Urban Meyer's feature, but I agree with that. If it's not this year, then when will it be? And what does that mean to kind of the, the national audience? And part of me, and I told you this before the show, I was kind of talking to some people this week in, in Sarasota, Florida, where there's a lot of Michigan fans and people from the Midwest, but uh, mostly fans of, of teams in the South, a lot of Florida fans, Alabama. Someone came up to me and said, is this fine of the year? If not, then when? And it almost sense in talking to a couple of gentlemen that, Someone even asked, hey, did Michigan win last week? And they, they follow SEC football. So I think depending on where you are on the map, I think that this rivalry already isn't as big as it used to be, say maybe in the South where everything's about the SEC and, and Alabama-Auburn this weekend. And so I would like to see a Michigan win selfishly as a fan. I think that the Big Ten would almost like to see a Michigan win because you almost need that rivalry to be restored in the sense where both teams are competing rather than one team just wins every single year. Well, and the Big Ten needs Michigan to win if they want a team in the playoff. Because if Michigan loses, it's not like Ohio State's going to go. It'd well, be, yeah, it'd be very tough to, to see Ohio well, State get in, unless other, I, other I th- things happened. I think you know. I think I misspoke. I'm not sure where that came from. I think I misspoke. I mean, I understand uh, you know, Ohio State's not in prime position, but, you know, I... I may have misspoke. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Um, so, so looking at the the game itself, 
I read an interesting piece by Bill Connolly of SB Nation. He's the guy who developed uh, the S&P Plus rankings and like all that stuff. Uh, he he tossed around the idea that perhaps Ohio State should not even not even pretend to to have a running game or to try to establish a running game. Just let Dwayne Haskins drop back fifty five times and see what Ohio State can do through the air, especially over the middle, which is where Indiana exploited Michigan last Saturday. And I thought, gosh, you know, you have these running backs like Dobbins and Weber who have both proven, you know, time and time again on multiple occasions that they're they're really good. But Ohio State just hasn't had that great of a run game this season. So it piqued my interest and and I wonder does does Michigan benefit if Ohio State goes one dimensional and just tries to put it through the air? Or is Dwayne Haskins good enough? Are Ohio State's receivers good enough that it could actually work out for them and Michigan may just be stuck backpedaling, trying to hold the Buckeyes to field goals. What do you think? So I think that, well, if you look at one-dimensional, Ohio State was, it couldn't have been more one-dimensional in a loss, kind of that blowout loss at Purdue. And I believe Michigan's defense is, I mean, next level compared to Purdue's defense. And that's nothing against Purdue. Uh, They played outstanding in that game. But Haskin threw 73 passes. Now, some of those were were basically runs. Uh, But I would imagine that he... He throws the ball a ton no matter what, but I think they have to try to establish somewhat of a run just to give him that extra space. And again, they run a lot of slants. They run a lot of quick screens, and that's really where they seem to be successful because they have K.J. Hill and Paris Campbell and a number of other receivers who are just so good and so quick in the open space. They can turn uh, literally a one-yard dump into an 80-yard gain uh, and Michigan's given up some big plays uh, throughout the year. So I think that Ohio State will definitely mix it up. Uh, I don't see a benefit either way, uh, just because I believe that Ohio State's good enough that Michigan's got to be outstanding on defense no matter what. I don't see a situation where uh, they can keep the Buckeyes from scoring just because of the, the way the game always seems to go. It always seems that Ohio State has something Michigan State kind of kept Ohio State from scoring for a long time when they when they battled Michigan State this year, and then they kind of finally opened it up there at the end. But as one-dimensional as they've been all season, what I saw when they played Maryland is uh, they tried a little bit of read option. Haskins started moving the ball with his feet a little bit more, almost as if, hey, we didn't expect to unload this stuff against Maryland, but we obviously need to win this game to stay alive, which they were a uh, a failed two-point conversion away from losing. And so I think what I saw, I watched enough of the game just to try to prep as a fan to to see what Ohio State's going to bring. I think that they will not be one-dimensional because I believe Urban Meyer knows the only way they can beat Michigan is to have both the pass game and the run game be successful. But good luck against Michigan's defense in doing so. And then when Michigan has the ball, the 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 biggest thing I'm looking for is what we haven't seen all season. Like, what does Michigan have left in the bag of tricks? Or not necessarily tricks. You know what I mean. What do they have left to pull out and implement in a game? Something Ohio State hasn't seen on film that they can't be 100% prepared for. you got to think there's some of that left. You know, Michigan has, has been in some fights definitely this year. But uh, even even if it's... 
you know, introducing uh, like, like, like Ambry Thomas, you know, in a wildcat or Chris Evans in a wildcat. Like there's got to be something left for Michigan that Ohio State hasn't seen. And in a game that, that uh, could get up there and in, in points and in, in terms of points, it's these offensive wrinkles that, that could really be the difference for Michigan, not necessarily a, a shutout performance from the defense. It may be like, all right, it's, it's, we're up 38, 35. We got to go out there. There's four minutes left and, and we got to keep things rolling. I mean, what does all this look like for Michigan's offense? That's what I'm looking forward to. So one of the things that I've, been paying attention to as of late and I think the most frustrating thing was now you can't necessarily stay on fire uh, as Alabama seems to be able to do all season long but the Michigan 10-10 versus Citadel at half let's not forget never forget finally someone slowed them down for a half as much as they probably weren't didn't even have a eighth of their head in that game uh, because of the opponent they were facing. But Michigan has showed a couple of struggles in the last couple of weeks, which isn't obvious or which isn't not, it's obvious why Uh, one, uh, I mean, there's even been players who have openly admitted like, yeah, you know what? Kind of was thinking about Ohio state against Indiana Rutgers. I mean, you being, I mean, I think we're both smart enough to know that it's probably pretty easy to look past Rutgers uh, I think you have the confidence. I forgot to, Rutgers was on the schedule. Yeah, I think you have the confidence to go in there and, and play a poor game and, and still win. Uh, we'll see uh, how Michigan State finds a way to lose to them this weekend. But that's a, that's a different conversation. What I wanted to say is Michigan does have a little bit of trouble finishing drives with touchdowns. And that's where I believe uh, we can see and, and almost expect some struggles to be if Michigan cannot finish with touchdowns as they did against Wisconsin, as they did against Penn State. I think that it's more dangerous to let the Buckeyes hang around than it was to let the Spartans hang around, even in Spartan Stadium. And so for me, as much as I thought Jake Moody really stepped up in the clutch and, and was six for six with field goals, it's great to see the the, the ball go through the pylons and then and, and, or sorry, the uprights. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> the the pylons are the goal if you want to get into the end zone. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So Love if they can kick field goals and make them. I think they need a kicking game at some point. However, if Michigan can can sustain drives and get in the end zone, I think that their chances to be the Buckeyes are much better. If you have a couple of drives in a row like Michigan did against Indiana where they have to settle for a field goal, that's where I start to worry. It could be a 6 to nothing ball game. Ohio State could score two straight. And next thing you know, you're down 14-6. And as much as Michigan fights more this season than, than any season that I remember in the past, you still do not want to get down uh, to Ohio State, really at any point, in any location, especially on the road. All right. Uh, we're, we're coming up on 20 minutes. Do you have any other topic you want to hit on? If not, we can head straight into predictions. Yeah, let's just get right into the predictions. Okay, I'm going to make you go first. Great. Yeah, I should have been prepared for, for that. I should, I should have bought myself time by talking about something else just to, to think about a score. You know, I was, I was listening to you uh, talk about how there's an opportunity for quite a few points in this game. What I was thinking earlier this week is that I think we'll see a tale of two halves. I think we'll see a lot of scoring early. Uh, the weather seems pretty nice uh, this weekend. Uh, I've lost track of weather down here in Florida where you don't even know what season it is. But the weather from what I've seen looks pretty nice. I don't think weather would be an issue. 
I think it's an explosive first half. I think Don Brown and the defense makes some great adjustments. I think that uh, Haskins and company on offense kind of start to lose their momentum. And I think that's where you let Shea Patterson take over. I think Shea Patterson takes over. I think that they're going to kind of empty the bag of tricks like you mentioned. Maybe not tricks like Donovan Peoples-Jones throwing it again, but I think you see Jim Harbaugh let Shea Patterson be Shea Patterson. I think we'll see some Johnny Manziel moments, uh, good and bad. I think we'll see some that are outstanding. Wow, to have this type of quarterback is amazing. And I think you'll see some like, that was kind of boneheaded, but I understand trying to make a play in a big game. Ultimately, I think that Michigan's too much for Ohio State to handle, uh, and I'm going to take uh, Michigan by 13 on uh, this one. I do not have a final score for you, but I'm taking Michigan by 13. A margin is good. I, I, I think I'm with you. I think uh, Shea Patterson will pretty much be let loose in this one because why wouldn't he be? But Michigan's not going to go away from the ground game, and they shouldn't. You know, you got Karan Higdon in there. Chris Evans is a is a really good guy to come in and change things up. And then True Wilson has come on all season to be a good running back. And then in the second half, I think that run game starts to look more and more like what it did against Wisconsin. Where where it's Shea Patterson making a read and he's either ditching it or keeping it himself and, and trying to get to the edge to pick up some yards and I think that'll be pretty effective against Ohio State which really struggled against the run when they were playing Maryland last weekend and, and almost lost in overtime defensively I think uh, you hit it pretty much on the head there there are going to be some things in the first half that look really bad. But uh, you, you got to trust that, that Don Brown and the defense are going to get in there at halftime and make those necessary adjustments. If for no other reason, you know, than that Ohio State has basically a blueprint from Indiana of like how to how to exploit the different weaknesses in the defense, which, as we mentioned earlier, is primarily over the middle when you spread things out. So I think Ohio State will take advantage of that in the first half. Just got to hope that that it gets fixed in the second half. And uh I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Michigan by by four. I think it's gonna be uh, a pretty close game. Um, even you know they might fall behind in the first half and then and then have to mount a little bit of a comeback in the second half. But I don't really see either team pulling away as much as I would like Michigan to to get out there and just kind of run away with it. I, I I don't see Ohio State's offense letting up as as easily as it did in its loss against Purdue. So. So that's me, Michigan, by four. You got anything else to add? Yeah, just thinking about either team uh, kind of running it up or running off with it. I think that'd be a surprise on both ends, a surprise to, to have Michigan kind of falter like that. Uh, and as you said, as great as it would be to see Michigan run away with it, I just don't see it happening in this game. I think a lot of this hype around Michigan and fans being way more excited than in recent history and then just kind of from a national perspective, I think a lot of people have counted the Buckeyes out. I've seen countless times where where uh, people have said Michigan's paint playing way better than Ohio State. And yes, in that stretch of games where Ohio State was struggling a little bit week to week and Michigan was blitzing teams, absolutely agree. But the potential that Ohio State still has any given year and any given game, it'd be awesome to see Michigan run it up and run away with it early, uh, and and finally win, and finally win in a way that we've kind of been dreaming of. I just don't see it happening. And, and then secondly, I just think that 
I just don't know why I'm so confident this year, but when you said that they kind of gave up against Purdue on the road and the offense kind of sputtered, I do think that this Ohio State team, more than any Ohio State team, is very susceptible to that. And I would not be surprised if, if Michigan come, come out, establish a run game, really kind of pound the ball and look dominant early. Not that they're going to give up and kind of have a quit, but I wouldn't be surprised if someone in the post-game interview says, yeah, we kind of we kind of tell in the second quarter and the third quarter that they knew that they were going to lose. Because we've heard that a lot about uh, from Michigan players about the opponents this year. And this is the Ohio State team to kind of wave the flag and say, hey, you know what, just a better team this year. All right. Hey, thanks for checking us out on the Go Blue crew. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at uh, Ty underscore Fenwick. And you can follow Derek at Divine Identity. Hopefully when we come back next week, we'll be talking about a Michigan win over Ohio State. I guarantee and- it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just kidding. We, it's amazing that we didn't mention Karan Higdon. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, thanks for jumping in, Derek, and guaranteeing that win. <laughs> Means a lot to us. Uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully next week we'll be talking about uh, Michigan win and, and uh, looking ahead to the to the Big Ten championship game and, and on and on. So thanks for thanks for tuning in. Go Blue. Go Blue.